Welcome to the all new William B. Henry experience. Talking to business owners, local community leaders, and just overall cool people. This season is sponsored by the Billings Chamber of Commerce. Go to www.billingschamber.com. So welcome to the William B. Experience. We're in the third season, and I want to give a big shout out to the Billings Chamber of Commerce for being the sponsor for this year's, uh, for this season's uh, podcast. And I'm, I'm really excited. I got a special guest in the room with me. Dr. Scott Elner from the Billings Clinic, the CEO and President. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great. How are you, Williams? I'm so good. Almost a crime to be this good, but not quite. So I had to have you on the show because my experience with you people should hear about, right? Um, so tell people a little bit about your background, where you came from, that kind of stuff. And we're just going to just dive into some stuff. But tell people a little about you. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I know some people in Montana aren't really excited to hear this, but I did grow up in Southern California. Uh, but I did also spend uh, a large part of my life on the East Coast, then in Colorado, and then fortunately I ended up here in Billings, Montana. And I will tell you, I think the important thing about growing up in different places and experiencing uh, different cultures is that you really start to understand different perspectives. And I think that's really what shapes me and being open to differences of opinion, uh, different thoughts or ideas. And so also my background as a general surgeon, uh, focusing on trauma, uh, you see all sorts of people who come in at their most vulnerable point. And that has helped me to be a little bit more understanding and also to practice non-judgment uh, when people come in at their most vulnerable points in their life. So you said something, I'm gonna back up because like you way too heady for me, but I'm gonna back up to something that you said that I think is really important. You said people don't wanna hear this from Montana that I'm from Southern California. Tell me about that experience. Cause I think that's important. Yeah, and, and I think they're, they're always joking and, and they're very nice about it. Uh, but I think there's a, a concern that uh, people coming from outside, particularly in uh, California or Southern California, where it's different. It's, it's different uh, as far as um, the demographics. It's different uh, where um, it's, a, it's more progressive, if you want to call it that. And uh, when I do mention that, I kind of get this look. But uh, interestingly, I was at the governor's ball the other night, and a fourth generation Montana says, "Hey, you know, we love you no matter who you are and, and how you are." And, and they were really cool about it. Just don't tell people you're from California. <laughs> so I, you know, it's funny, Doctor Elena, because one of the things that that I hear quite often is, you know, people. We're talking about labor shortages and we're talking about all these things that's going on. And I'm thinking we're not birthing enough people in Montana to take these positions and do this work. So where are they going to come from? And then we have our state tagline being get lost. I don't know if you've seen that before, but that's interesting. To me. Yeah, I, I have seen that get lost. And I, I think it, it, it truly means just to lose yourself in, in the, the greatness of Montana and its beauty. But I think there's also a part of that where, um, we, we do need to bring in some people from outside. We're very much struggling with our workforce shortage, uh, particularly in healthcare, I can tell you. Um, we have so many great people at Billings Clinic that work incredibly hard and we're growing. We're growing incredibly. 
uh, across the state. We just don't have enough people right now. And so we're very much open to, I guess, people coming from other states, other countries. Uh, and with that comes uh, a different perspective or a different view. Yeah, and, and, and especially in the healthcare world, I think that there are some industries that uh, organically get people from other places simply because of their trade, right? So if you're a general surgeon or you're a neurosurgeon, you know, it's not a lot of them, there's not a lot of medical schools in Montana to do that. So people are coming. What is the Billings Clinic doing to help make people feel included in the community? And I mean the work community. Yeah, it, you know, it starts with creating a sense of belonging. And, um, you know, we can talk all day about uh, diversity and inclusion. And I think many uh, industries are, are working very hard on creating a diverse workforce. At the end of the day, when, when I go home, I want to make sure that people at Billings Clinic truly feel a sense of pride and meaning in the work that they do. And nobody has to, to agree on exactly the same thing, except that we want what's best for our patients. And so creating that sense of belonging is really where um, we allow uh, difference of thought, difference of opinion. It doesn't have to be necessarily uh, a difference in your skin color, a difference in your religion. Uh, it could be many things that we don't always see eye to eye on. But number one, first and foremost, we're going to be civil and we're going to, going to listen to each other and we're going to listen to other perspectives. So I I know this firsthand. Um, so you and I have been in several classes together and I like to refer to you as a change instigator. And I'd say that because you're not afraid to approach the subject that might be sensitive in the room. And so for that, I appreciate you, seriously. Tell me how that's working as the leader of the largest, one of the largest organ employer in, in, in the city. How does that, how does that work? Does that, I'm sure that causes some angst for some. Yeah, to be very honest and, and I love to be transparent and sometimes that gets me in trouble. Um, the change that we are instituting at Billings Clinic and for that matter, to keep up with healthcare uh, can cause a lot of consternation. Um, at times there's resistance, at times there is a feeling of maybe having your status or certainty removed from an individual that's been in the same location for many, many years. And uh, I understand um, that change can be very hard. Um, the important thing about change is that um, it's, it's done in a way where it's going to support what's best for our mission. And I think it's very difficult at times for people to see that. Um, we're very comfortable with how we've done things before. And that's okay. There's some really great things. And the foundation that Billings Clinic has created with being number one in patient safety for many, many years, uh, recognized uh, in that way, is amazing. However, we're going through a fundamental shift. We're going through probably what's called the fourth industrial revolution. Uh, going back now 400 years, we're seeing so much change in technology, whether it's uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, automation, and we just need to keep up. And uh, particularly in a rural area, there are a lot of things we need to focus on. And I'll say one example of that change is that we're creating virtual platforms to make it easy for people to connect with their healthcare. But it is different. It's unusual. 
And I, I mentioned this the other day at one of the places that I was speaking to. I said, potentially I could be an avatar so I could be at two places at once. In fact, I might be an avatar right now. <laughs> I'm just glad you're here. Whether it's you or the avatar, I'm, I'm stoked that you're here. So, you know, people always wonder, especially when you have, you know, the leader of healthcare in the room, just, just talk to us a little bit about, I'm going to say just the state of healthcare, right? Because I know on a good day, healthcare is fairly stressful. And then in the last 20, 22 months, I mean, I, I got to imagine some of the things that you've seen and experienced. Just talk about the, just that, that overall state of healthcare. How do you feel about that? Yeah, so there there was a, uh, a talk I used to give before any of the pandemic uh, situation happened where I discussed the stress uh, in healthcare. Um, healthcare is one of the, the highest stress industries out there, nuclear industry, the airline industry. And on average, just, you know, people not in healthcare, we experience about seven different uh, forms of stress per day. And that could be, you know, trying to find a parking spot, something like that. In healthcare, it's about seven forms of stress per hour. And that was before the pandemic. So today now with, with the pandemic, we, you know, we have to, to wear masks, personal protective equipment. You have to take off that equipment, put it back on when you're going to see patients. I spent um, a few hours with one of our great nurses, uh, Dylan Malloy, on our inpatient medical service on Friday, just shadowing him, just to see, just to walk in his shoes. And I can't tell you how proud I was of the work that he was doing and the compassion he provided for our patients. It was hard work. It was really hard work, and I could see that because of uh, all the extra things we have to do now in healthcare to protect ourselves, to protect our family members, some of the restrictions with visitation and dealing with, you know, telling people that you can only have one visitor, you know, that stress being placed on just trying to be safe, it's wearing on people. Yeah. And, um, you know, I saw for myself, and I will tell you, just spending a few hours with Dylan, I was exhausted. And so at least I can empathize, but I will tell you that I'm excited for what's to come. I think we're starting to recognize some of the positive things that have come out of the, this now uh, endemic. Uh, and we're going to be living a little bit differently. Uh, we're going to be more flexible with how... Um, people might be hired in the future. We certainly have to give a lot of thought to um, allowing people to work from home as, as much as we can because uh, it's been shown to be effective. So the question that I don't, be, don't hear being asked a lot, and I'll ask you, is what can we as the general community do to help the healthcare community? We know we always talk about we think about it from this perspective, you know, healthcare is here to help us and yada, yada, yada. But I think we have a social responsibility. We being the general population have a social responsibility. What's your take on that? What can we do to make sure that we are helping so that your, your staff don't stress out? Yeah, I'm really glad that you asked that question. Um, you know, one thing that has really troubled me uh, recently is I heard from some prominent members of our community that there's been a lost in trust with healthcare in general. And I, and I think that there's a lot of information, whether it's good information or not so good information that's out there that um, 
because of COVID, for whatever reason, there's been this rise in distrust. And the reality is that I would say every single one of our physicians, our nurses is doing the absolute best they can for patients. I think when it came down to things like the vaccine and other ways of trying to treat COVID, um, we get sort of caught in the middle. Um, there is a law, there is a Montana state law that Billings Clinic has followed to a T to not discriminate against anyone on vaccine status. And then you have a federal regulation come down which says, oh no, you need to make sure that everyone on your healthcare workforce gets vaccinated or you can't take care of Medicare or Medicaid patients, 60% of our patient population. We're stuck in the middle. This is not us, Billings Clinic, just telling people, hey, you've got to do this. Forget your personal freedoms. We recognize the importance of personal freedoms, medical freedoms, religious freedoms. However, um, we're just trying to do the best we can to take care for people with something that's been uh, incredibly uncertain, unknown, scary. There's a lot of fear and anxiety. And what I would ask, going, getting back to your questions, what I would ask is, Let's come together and figure out how we can work together for the same thing. And, and that's to really care for our community. Let's have, let's have an open and honest dialogue and put things aside. And I'm not afraid of having tough conversations, but I will respect you no matter what. You've seen that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, let's, let's try to be healthy together. Let's, you know, I know people want to know how they can stay healthier and work up their immune system. Let's talk about that, all that. But let's also talk about how we can be civil towards each other in this great community. Yeah, and and I and I brought that question up because I because I worked in healthcare for quite a long time, a different arm of healthcare. But I just remember people, you know, they want to blame the messenger. So I worked in the healthcare from the blood blood side of it, and so when things like Mad Cow came out and these things that impacted the industry pretty heavily, people like, "Well, it's your fault. It's your fault," and they, and they don't realize that we're trying to balance government mandates versus making sure that hospitals in this case had enough product to be able to serve patients. So I think it's really important that the community understand that we do play a role in making sure that there's some equal balance here. I think that's really important. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So you have an experience working for a blood bank. You know, there's a lot of regulation that goes into that. And so uh, we're also feeling uh, much of that regulation. Um, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or not. We want, we will care for you and we will do our absolute best to care for you. Um, we've had some, some really disheartening stories that um, people have said we fabricated uh, death certificates saying that someone who maybe had a car accident and passed away, they died of COVID because somehow that gets us more revenue. That's not true. That is absolutely false, not true. Um, you know, we're not, we're not looking to benefit off this horrible pandemic for the sake of making more. In fact, we've lost, we've lost millions of dollars trying to do the right thing, bring in more staff, bring in more supplies to get through this. Um, so I wish, I wish people could really just sit down and, and understand and listen to the challenges that we're facing. I think we would be happy to listen and understand what other people's perspectives are. I mean, that that's what makes us great as a society is to really just learn from each other. 
So I'll say this, and this is unscripted. I will tell you flat out that Dr. Elner will stop and talk to anybody in a format that will allow growth. I've seen you do it. Like I like the, the picture that sticks in my head was in the class when the gentleman had the problem with the hospital, his wife worked at, I don't know if you remember that. And you literally took time, gave this gentleman your phone number. When I saw that, my level of respect for you, it was already high. It skyrocketed because you didn't have to do that. <laughs> um, that showed a certain level of uh, authenticity that I don't think a lot of people show. And so that's one of the reasons I appreciate you. So let's switch gears. Let's switch gears. Sounds good. All right. So I had an opportunity not too long ago to, to be at dinner with you and your beautiful wife. How is your family adjusting to just being in Montana? Really well. It, it's And it's better now that our kids are at school. They, uh, I have a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old daughter-son. Uh, they go to St. Francis. They they love it. They're you know meeting great great kids you know around their age, participating more actively, and and Billings has been really warm uh, and accepting, um, and and people are nice. You know, just you don't see that. I mean, I was on the East Coast for ten years. There's a niceness about Montana that I've really appreciated. Willing to help you. And so we've enjoyed that. We've um, made a lot of great friends. We're looking forward to getting out more now that um, you know we understand the pandemic better and we can navigate that situation. But it was it was great to go out to dinner with you and Yolanda, your your wife, and and we had a great time. And I'm just I'm just happy to do things like that, just to get to know the community and better integrate. Yeah. So last last topic, because I know you extremely busy. Just want to talk about, you know, for the last six, seven months, you and I have been involved in a four-party merging class with uh, 12, 13 other local organizations, high-ranking officials in those things. And, and again, I mentioned this early, and I, I, and, I, and I mean this in the highest regard. You have stimulated some conversations that I think a lot of people would have avoided, even in a safe space. Just talk about your experience going through the diversity, equity, inclusion, and implementation process over the last uh, seven, eight months. Yeah, well, you, you've done a great job, uh, I think, helping people see the importance of not just sitting there, but really actively participating. The way we learn is to move ourselves out of our comfort zone into a little bit of discomfort. Now, you don't have to get up there and start shaking and panicking, but the reality is that um, some of the greatest gifts is when we're in our discomfort or uncomfortable zone. And so uh, with your class, it is it has allowed me as someone who likes to really dive deep and to understand what's going on with challenging situations is to ask some questions. Uh, and it's just inquiry. It's really wanting to know. So why do you think that way? OK. And so in, in just kind of peeling back some of these barriers to people really just getting to know one another. What One of the great exercises you did is, you know, I think it was our last class, you said, write someone's name down that you've gotten to know and, and tell us about them in your class. And you could see the people were kind of uncomfortable. They didn't really know who, who to write down. And it it kind of forces us to just mix, mix and mingle and learn about other people because that's only how we're going to get better. Uh, and to actually sit with people we wouldn't normally hang out with. Uh, and we need to do that. And I will tell you, if for me, it's been a lot of fun. 
Uh, I, I take great pride in participating in your class. And we're going to continue to send more people from Billings Clinic to participate because we want them to learn. Hey, I, I really, really, and I, and again, like I said, I've said this to you off air, but I think it's important because a lot of times, and, and I'm sure you've heard or experienced, they think of leaders or organizations as untouchable, right? Like just because they're busy, they got all these things. I've seen you to be one of the most touchable, uh, authentic leaders that I've seen in this community. And I, and I, I say that all due respect, right? And I really like the way you participate in the class because you do challenge people to think, right? It's not like we're going to come here, we're going to check the box, we're going to leave. It's like, no, wait a minute, let's stop for a second and really think about what is he asking or so what is, what, what, what's, what's meant by that? So I sincerely appreciate that. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's something I get from my father who he's a, he's a judge <laughs> and, uh, you know, he kind of peels the layer. He's very fair. And I think he wants to know where people are, are truly coming from. And it just, I have this level of curiosity where, okay, what, why do you think that way? And not to judge, but just to understand. And it's helped me be a better person. I think I, I'm always learning. I'm always wanting to be uh, much better than where I am today and, and be authentic. Uh, I think um, getting out there and understanding, you know, why people act in a certain way or is important. So just practicing non-judgment, uh, but also at the same time, creating a level of accountability where we can ask each other fair questions. And I think you do. I personally appreciate that about you all the time, right? Because every time I've seen you, every time we've encountered each other, I see that. and. I know it's authentic because it, it, it doesn't feel forced. That's what I look for. So my last question is the same question for everybody. I normally prompt you for it, but I didn't prompt you for it this time. It's fairly simple. Do you have a model or something that you live by every day that kind of guides your daily journey and or walk? Well, so I'm, I'm smiling because, uh, <laughs> you know, there's some that are kind of rough like from David Goggins, who, who I think some of you know as a Navy SEAL, it, it's, I'll just, I'll just use his, I was talking about that with a couple of people I was working out with this morning. Um, he says, don't just kill them with kindness, torture them with success. I love it. I love it. Don't kill them with kindness, torture them with success. That's it. Every day. Every day. Dr. Elner, it has been a pleasure to have you on my show. I know that you and I are going to connect. Oh, I can't, I can't, I'd be remiss. Dr. Elner is keynoting the first annual Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Implementation Conference, April 21st, 2022. So if you want to learn more and actually meet the man behind the mic, I highly recommend you get uh, signed up for this conference because he's going to deliver something that I think is going to be pretty powerful. I want to thank you for taking time out. I know your schedule is stupidly busy um, to come and sit with me and have this chat. And uh, Happy New Year. Well, thank you. And uh, happy 2022. And I appreciate you having me on today. It's uh, I love doing things like this. So uh, this is the highlight of my day. Hey, you heard her here. Dr. Elner, we're signing out. The experience.